Welcome back, everyone. This is episode four of the Home of Houseplants podcast. And today, another special guest, my husband, John, who is the co-partner, helper with Home of Houseplants and all things biosecurity accreditation. John Absalon, welcome. Hi there, everybody. Excited to be here. We finally get to meet you, um, episode four. John, we're here to talk about biosecurity accreditation yes. in particular. Yeah. ICA 29, which is the classification code that Biosecurity South Australia gives us for the permit we hold. That's right. We yeah. being home of houseplants mm-hmm. to chemically treat and process indoor plants that, that we either sell ourselves from home of houseplants or that clients send to us from third party sellers. John, before we begin, I think we should just say that our discussion today is centrally and solely focused around indoor plants, and that's, of course, what we sell, what we know, the industry that we're in. Uh, so the quarantine discussion we are having today is is based on that discrete subject matter because that's of relevance due to the fact that there are different categories of, of plants, namely I'm thinking in particular fruit and vegetables which have different quarantine requirements. So if everyone can bear in mind that today's discussion is based on that classification only, um, we should be able to get the correct information out there to people who are listening. So John, biosecurity accreditation. Okay, so given that Home of Houseplants is based in Adelaide, um, we export plants out of Adelaide to other states and most of our customers yeah, are from other states. So Western Australia and Tasmania and Northern Territory have their own version of Biosecurity SA and they have a bunch of um, requirements that must be met or quarantine restrictions um, that plants must meet in order to be exported into those states. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, an artificial barrier, if you like, for people or businesses um, or people just selling plants online, um, looking to post and sell plants to those states. So that's where our biosecurity accreditation comes in. We follow the process and the policies and procedures and treat those plants with chemicals, um, fill out all the documentation and that allows us then to post those plants and meet the restrictions. It's very interesting though because it's quite fortuitous we're recording this podcast today because just this morning we had to our business a biosecurity SA uh, uh, assessor who was an accreditor, I think is the technical title, who spent... Or an auditor. An auditor, yeah. who's, who, and we do get audited twice a year under South Australian legislation to maintain our permit and be eligible for renewal on a yearly basis. Mm. Um, extensive documentation is required to be kept by us in terms of record keeping, yeah. and we're pleased to announce that we've, we've received the tick of approval again and passed yes. the flying colours, but... Just taking a step back, um, obviously biosecurity is very important because it protects and safeguards the respective mm-hmm. industries and native fauna within each state and territory. Yeah. And heavy penalties do apply if you are caught um, and you can be prosecuted, but at the very basic level, your plant will be confiscated yeah. and destroyed. But um, 
given we deal with indoor plants and that's a wide category um we we have the chemicals um to be able to treat these plants and 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 they are a combination of insecticides and fungicides is that correct john yeah insecticides fungicides um also um chemicals that uh, kill ants they're the big ones um uh, and so in terms of how they are treated by home of house plants, we undertake what, are, what can be best described, John, as a foliar spray and then we do a drench of the root system. Is that, is that the process? That's correct. We spray the, well, we bear root our plants. We don't post in potting medium, but just to cover ourselves, we also um, treat the roots of the plant as though it was um, in potting mix um, and we spray the whole plant with the spray as well yeah there's different requirements of course if it's a plant a potted plant a corm or a bulb um, or whether it's a plant that is uh, has leaves or without leaves or whether it's just a cutting with leaves or without leaves or whether it's a plant that is in the soil or not soil um, you're not allowed to post in soil um, it's got to be uh, potting mixed free from soil. Um, so yeah, um, different different treatments for different states of plants. And to be able to cover all those different states or, or classifications mm-hmm. of plant appearances. It's probably a better word to use, isn't it? Because when we say states, you might get confused with states of Australia. So yeah, classifications of plants. Yep. But um, in, in order when we first yes. obtained our biosecurity accreditation, we had to obtain a range of chemicals and fungicides, some of which are available at the local garden centre, but there's a couple that we have to use which are sort of classified as agricultural chemicals. Would that be correct? That's correct, yeah, it's a fungicide. So, of course, when handling these fungicides and termicides and insecticides, um, you do wear precautions, but there's also a whole range of requirements that are imposed upon us in terms of when we spray, in terms of the date of treatment as up and against the date that they are shipped. Yeah, sure. So once the chemicals have been mixed and the um, brought up to the right volume as per the requirements, uh, the that mix needs to be used within 24 hours, after which the chemicals need to be disposed of. And if I was to need to do more spraying, I'd have to make another batch. And it's for that reason that um, we limit our posting of plants to Northern Territory, TAS and WA to once a week because it's it's a little bit of an effort, obviously, yeah. to, to, it's a big undertaking. to accurately measure um, the relevant chemicals and create the concoctions, for want of a better word. But interesting as well that we also had to obtain uh, measurement weights which are used to... Can you talk a little bit about that, yeah, sure. the weights and so forth that we had to buy to calculate and, and the electronic yeah. scales to calculate yeah. the chemical dosages? Well, some of the uh, chemicals we use are in a powder form and given the mixtures that I'm making are small in volume, the chemicals or the amount of chemicals that I'm using are small in volume. So I need to use calibrated scales in order to get, well, the right uh, weight and the scales in the process of calibrating involves me um, using very small weights, which I'm not allowed to touch with my hands because even a little bit of uh, 
oil from my hands can alter the weight of the the metal that I'm placing on and that allows me to record whether the scales are accurate or not because each piece of metal has a a weight printed on it Mm -hmm. and I can tell how far in or out the scales are and so far the scales that I'm using have been calibrated um, accurately or within the tolerance zone which is um, I think uh, less than one percent but that I'd have to double check the ICA 29 legislations for that but it the auditors, no problem so far. Yeah, the auditors, when they did come to us, also required that we um, section off a, a, a physical section of one of the glass houses to be able to store the quarantined plants once they'd been treated. Yes. The, well, the plants destined for the yep. quarantine states. And the quarantine states is going to be the collective phrase I use. Yeah, that, and the reason for that is that once the plants have been treated, we need to hold on to them for two days before posting. So... Um, it's not just a case of chemically treat it, wrap them up and post it. We need to chemically treat them, hold them for two days and then post. After you've done that sort of, that's the, in terms of the division of labour between us both, you're the sort of chemical treatment side of, of things mm-hmm. and then I'm obviously then packing and wrapping two days later. Yeah. But that's not the end of it for us, is it, John? We then have no, to undertake, obviously, the... Quite outdated. People might not be aware, or you would have seen it for those customers. It's antiquated, isn't it? Antiquated for those customers who have uh, received plants from either us or who have sent it to us for treatment uh, under the plant concierge service we offer. We, you receive these yellow forms that are stuck to the side of your parcel once it arrives, and you may or may not have noticed that those forms are from a carbon copy booklet that I have to hand write for each and every customer detailing amongst other things the genus and species and the next to that form is then a chemical calculation chart that john separately produces going back to your genus and species first of all we need to double check that those genus and species are actually permitted into the various states because each state has their own list of plants that are and aren't allowed and if you have a plant that is neither allowed or not allowed it's just that it's not on their list. So you've had to do that a few to um, request for those plants to be considered a few times, haven't you, Joe? Yeah, I have. So obviously there's two arms to home of house plants mm-hmm. in terms of quarantine. Uh, all the plants that we have for sale on our website have been checked first that they are permitted into the quarantine states of WA, TAS and NT. And where they're not, that should be expressly stated at the top of the product listing. But now that we've branched out into offering a plant concierge service, which once again means people from the quarantined states, um, specifically WA, TAS and NT, can send a plant they purchase from a third-party seller to us. But of course, to do that and to save the customers wasting any time and effort, a check does need to be made of the WAOL organism list, the Western Australian organism list and the Tasmanian equivalent to ensure that they are permitted because you're Mm -hmm. quite right, John. There have been a couple of times where a plant has not been entered onto that database Mm -hmm. and that may simply be, as as John alluded to, that it hasn't been considered as yet by the Western Australian authorities. And so I've successfully applied on two occasions so far to have a plant that we sell. And one that springs to mind, John, is the Monstera Silta Pacana. Silta Pacana, that's that right. That wasn't permitted yeah. about eight months ago. Yeah. And it was quite a straightforward process. A form was sent to me 
Someone within the department obviously considered the request and the threat it may or may not have posed to biosecurity in WA. Uh, and then a decision was made to add it. It did take about three to four months, but there was no cost involved and um, a very worthwhile process. And as a result, um, a number of those plants have now been able to be sent across to WA. So if people are after a plant in WA that's not on the whale, WA organism list, um, you can contact authorities and request that it be considered. And indeed, we have one customer at the moment, John, who has two plants that we're babysitting for her whilst she waits for um, the organism list to be updated or her requests for those mm. two plants to be added. Do you remember what they are? Raphidophora cryptantha. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, a variety of colcasia. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's a lovely plant. It's a lovely plant. Off a Stunning plant. And mm. you know, the benefit is that you do, once you've done that, you open up the door for other like minded collectors. So, well worth the effort given that there's no cost involved at the moment. But where were we, John? We were filling out the forms and then so. That's right, filling out the forms. So, you're filling out the yellow certificate. Then I need to prepare the chemical treatment certificates. And I then scan those documents um, so Joe can then send them off to the relevant authorities. Um, it's not just a simple case of us attaching them to the box and posting it. We need to provide those documents to the West Australian or the Tassie or the, the, the Territorian authorities. Um, in so in that they advance know, of the yeah, plants being sent. So that they, they know that the plants are in transit and they know to expect them. So, but you're just jumping back to your calculation charts, your chemical sure. calculation charts. Mm -hmm. Are you detailing on those charts uh, the chemicals that were used in the treatment of the plants? Or yes, so on those forms, I detail the name of the, or well, the brand, and the name of the, uh, the item that I'm using. I also detail the active chemical ingredient. I also detail the amount um, that is required by the biosecurity accreditation and based on the volume of the chemicals that I've made or mixed up that will then determine how much of the chemical I actually need to place into the mix and so that is all detailed on there as is all of the equipment that I've used and the method of application as well as the temperature um, of the you know the air temperature at the time because some of these chemicals don't work if you're outside of the temperature range. So, yeah, I usually pick a time and it's roughly 20 degrees. I've got a little thermometer which I check. And most, if not all, of the listeners would not know this, but I'm very fortunate enough to have a husband that's very skilled in the field of mathematics to be able to assist with that. Uh, <laughs> very flattering me, but I'm a maths teacher, so John's I do have teacher, some skills. So, my goodness, it's um, I'm married what, well, ladies and gentlemen. You know what, though? The, the more maths you do, the more you realise just how little you know. And all it takes is to meet someone who has a higher understanding. Maybe they've done a, a master's or a PhD in mathematics just to realise how little you know. Yes, well, you certainly know more than me in the field of mathematics. So um, I'm very grateful for your efforts there, John. Uh, as you alluded to then, we obviously um, have to also mark the packages with attention quarantine for those states and, of course, affix the certificates, the yellow and the calculation charts um, to the outside of the parcel. And as John said, obviously email the authorities in advance to expect delivery of these items. And touch wood, John. I'd say we've sent now, gosh, those booklets that we have from Biosecurity SA, I think there's 100 certificates in each of those, the yellow carbon copy booklet. 
Um, we're sort of onto booklet three now, so I think we're well over 200. Touch wood, and we're touching our dining room table as we speak. So far, no plants have been rejected, and I think there's a lot to be said about building a relationship with the authorities, in particularly WA, but, but I have had regular contact with Tasmania as well. Joe, maybe consider just talking about what actually happens when the plants arrive, because it's not just a case of it getting posted straight to the customer. No. It arrives, we post by air, yes. it arrives at the airport, and customs are waiting there to inspect. Well, it's not customs. Well, what is it? Biosecurity. There you go. So just talk about that little process because yes. Tassie and WA have different costing structures. They sure do. Hmm. So the different requirements in NT, WA and TAS. Yeah. Um, so far, and we are in the early stages of 2019, uh, and this can change at any point in time, but so far... NT and TAS don't charge customers for inspecting the plants when they arrive at the airport. And, and I think, as you alluded to before, there is a further step and a further inspection process that does take place in these states when plants arrive before the customer ultimately receives the plant. Um, in NT and um, TAS, as I've alluded to, there is no further charge, but the residents of WA, they're charged a further $66.00 per 15 minutes that it takes. And of course, these amounts are subject to change. Um, this is just the point in time that we're recording the podcast that these are the amounts they use. And um, so far, the feedback we've received from customers has been that most people, if not all, have only been in WA charged the $66, and that could be up to, I think we've sent at one point in time, 10 or 12 plants in one box, John. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they are fairly... Uh, quick fairly quick Uh, but that does hold up the process and so it's very important that we have all everything right from our end to be able to speed it up and it's a cost borne by the customer yes that's important they need to pay before it gets posted that's important to note so we home we being home house plants do charge customers an additional fee of ten dollars per order for wa tas and nt just to complete that spraying process and to do the chemical to do the the, the chemical treatment and the paperwork but in addition and separate to that for WA residents is the $66 fee that Biosecurity WA charges. You will have noticed of course then most customers in those states would see the quarantine inspection tape all over the parcel which indicates it has been checked and um, as we've alluded to again before most people if not all I can't think of any orders over the 200 we've sent that have been rejected John. Mm, that's right. Which is a very you know we're very proud of that record. Now, the next quick topic I wanted to discuss as well that's uh, quarantine-related is fire ants in Queensland. North Queensland. We recently went on a family holiday to Queensland and to far north Queensland and um, electric ants or fire ants are a huge issue and something that, that customers need to be aware of. So what this means is that for customers who are using the plant concierge service it's a real issue to make sure that the eBay seller, if you are buying via that means or from a private sale, is not in one of the many excluded zones of mm-hmm. fire ants. So it's a real risk. And so we do ask customers to bear that in mind yeah. because you can be prosecuted for transporting plants. And if we as a business receive a plant from the restricted zones, and there are many, John, I'm thinking I've just checked the website this morning. 
um, Coranda, lots of areas of Cairns, Port Douglas, and southeast Queensland's affected too by restriction zones. So, so plants can't come out of there, and that's to protect the local area to try to stop the, the spread. spread of the ants where mm. they are. They're a real problem. They live inside the soil, and um, it'd be very easy for them to be in the soil and you'll not know about it and post it to another part of the country and them to set up a new colony there. And I'd, I'd recommend that um, people who are looking at blowing plants from Queensland do touch base with Biosecurity Queensland. I'm sure there's a range of offices that That'll be help. available on their website, wouldn't it? You'd be it able is. To see which I, areas. I mean, it's not all areas, it's just some areas. Yes, yeah. and there are restrictions on movement. And even within those move, within those declared restriction zones, you can, I read on the website, obtain some kind of permit um, from the local biosecurity authorities to move plants, which I think would involve perhaps some kind of inspection. But something to bear in mind in any event, given that a lot of the plants we love on Home of House Plants do come from that part of Australia. And I guess you've got to remember that, you know, people might be listening to this podcast in five years' time. Yes. And we're recording this in in February of 2019. So, uh, you know, depending on when you listen to this, the legislation or the, the rules or, or the, the risk the, may have the been mitigated by might then. Have been mitigated. So this is just a problem that we're encountering right now. And um, hopefully um, the Queensland authorities are able to get that under control and uh, loosen the restrictions for the good of everyone in Australia. John, the plant concierge service we offer, it's a new new stream or arm to home of house yeah, plants that we've developed the over we the last offer. few months it was dri- mainly driven by customer demand yeah yeah had a lot of requests from people and uh we just obviously saw an opportunity to help and um it enables sellers from other states to be able to get their plants into uh wa and tasmania but what it primarily starts off with is contacting us doesn't it john to receive oh, yeah. a further information pack that's right. So the process involves the customer contacting you, usually by email, and uh, we send out a you, document. Yeah, you then send out a document, uh, which is more like a an agreement, which they've got to sign and agree to, and then they post the plants to us. But we, the customer and, and myself, do check that it is permitted into the state. It is part of the process, and, and the costs are all outlined in that document as well. Uh, we usually like to turn it around within the next couple of days and send it back out to the customer. Can involve a bit of stress on the plant, John. Mm-hmm. You know what this means to the people in Western Australia and Tas and Northern Church, though? Every time they're trying to bid on a plant on eBay and says, we don't post to West Australia and Tas and Northern Territory, it now means, you yes, can. you can. <laughs> so... <laughs> So for all those avid indoor plant collectors in WA, TAS and NT, yes, you can. Just have the speak with us first and arrange it and then have the plant posted direct to us. We'll treat it and send it on its merry way. I should note as well, though, being a a former eBay seller or occasionally still an eBay seller, I would highly recommend that you do contact the seller involved if you do plan to do that and run it past them because some people may not be comfortable with sending it to someone else or may not want to take the risk of the plant being distressed so always check with the seller because in addition to that home of house plants will need the full name and address of the grower and so that's needed for quarantine purposes once that's complete it's it's a real opportunity as john said for all those avid collectors in those states to have access to the indoor plant collecting world on ebay or through facebook marketplace so it's a really exciting development home of house plants offers 
we take biosecurity very seriously and uh, do on occasions have to uh, reject claims or, or requests to treat plants because it's simply not worth the risk to to endanger other industries or, or and to maintain biosecurity across Australia. So something we here do take seriously. John, is there anything else we needed to to discuss or bring to people's attention for um, this subject matter? Well, let's have a look. We've dealt with the chemical spraying and application procedure. We've dealt with the various um, states and the different legislations. Uh, people now know that we offer the service of uh, spraying plants. So people in WA, TAS and NT can purchase plants from interstate and have it posted to them. Um, I think that's about it. There's not really much else to it. <laughs> no, other than continuously, yeah, continuously monitoring uh, the developments of biosecurity risks in each state and territory across Australia and, and being alert to things like fire ants, green snails and those kinds of things. So that's part of the service that we offer. Thank you very much for joining us today for this episode. John, thank you. Thank you. Um, lovely to be uh, interviewed by my lovely wife. Such a charmer. Uh, <laughs> we've got a busy weekend uh, this weekend of preparing plants to go to WA and Taz. And, and I would like to take this opportunity to thank uh, in person all our wonderful customers in those states for their ongoing support. As well as all of the um, hardworking uh, government people from WA, Tasman and yeah. who inspect it. Yeah, and they, but they always make themselves um, accessible to us if we have questions that pop up time to time. Sandy from Biosecurity WA in particular, Sandra Norris, a, a fantastic person who's helped me out immensely in this journey. So by all means, if, you, if any of you out there have any questions, the best point to start, or the starting point would be to contact the Biosecurity Department in your state or territory. Have a look at their website first. If you can't get the answers to your questions, send them an email or give them a phone call. And then another option after that is also contacting me direct at Home of Houseplants. And I'm sure I might be able to assist you in any way in relation to your quarantine inquiry. Thank you all for joining us today and uh, happy plant hunting. And we will be back soon with another exciting guest. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Home of Houseplants. I really do hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review as it does help many others find the podcast and in particular those that share the passion, the obsession that is growing indoor plants. I would like to give a shout out to Musicbed for the fabulous cool beats that you've heard during the course of this podcast and throughout the episodes. Home of Houseplants has a licensing agreement with musicbed.com to support the artists, both emerging and established. If you do reach to, wish to contact me, please do so via Instagram at Home of Houseplants or via my email address, which you can easily find on the website, homeofhouseplants.com.au. Please enjoy the week, the day, your evening, whatever time you are listening to this podcast. And I look forward for you to join me on the next episode, whenever that will be in the future. Bye, guys.